Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 60. Uh, today we uh, we actually do have Nabil back, which is strange, I guess. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Yep, so we have Nabil back and what we're going to do here today, he came back for a great one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be epic. Alright, so we're going to be going over what we've been watching, of course. We have a topic of the week by Nabil. And then we're going to be reviewing the new action film Terminator: Dark Fate. Without dun, further dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, dun, without dun, further ado, though, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right, let's get into it. Since we're welcoming back Nabil, I figured it'd be a great idea to start with him, and I'm crossing my fingers here that Nabil actually did his homework for this one. Son of Bill, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's it's been a few weeks, and I've oh, okay, been moving. Okay, cool. On to James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have been watching quite a bit. Um, actually, new show started out this season called Stumptown. That's on uh, ABC and on Hulu. It stars uh, Kobe Smulders. Uh, she's from Avengers and How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Uh, and Jake nice. Johnson from New Girl. And... Um, this show is basically Kobe Smolder is a sharp-witted army veteran and becomes a private investigator, and it's based out of Portland, Oregon, hence the Stubbentown nickname, uh, where she kind of also takes care of her brother. So that's the general premise of it. She's got like some, some PTSD that she's gone through from uh, being in Afghanistan and um, is kind of just retired and is lost in the world and finds out she's got a knack for being a bit of a PI, and uh, so... Uh, she starts investigating things nearby, and it's it's kind of like the non supernatural version of uh, or superhero version of uh, Jessica Jones, basically. Huh. Awesome! Yeah. I've seen I've seen some trailers for it, and it looked really interesting because I like Colby Smulders, and that's pretty awesome that she's got her own lead show now. Yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch. Actually, when you first watch it, you, you don't know what they're trying to do with her character because you don't know if she's someone you're supposed to like or hate. So is it um, like a mystery then? Uh, they break out the background slowly. Um, it hasn't gotten very serialized, which is good so far. Where you know, like, oh, it's a new mystery every week. They've they've just kind of made it more of just a growing story with her, and you start learning about her past, and then people around her and their interests oh, and what you. they have going yeah. on. So I think it's about five episodes in now. Um, and it's it's each episode you kind of just want to see what happens next, and it's it's been pretty good. There's there's like it's really good action scenes. Um. Really, like she's get gets herself into really tough situations, and and it can be a bit. I wouldn't say violent, but it is a bit adult in a sense. So um, that which is fun to see. But she's also trying to be a bit like uh, sarcastic, so um, it's a little witty in that sense. So yeah, it's kind and of actually, a, a f- I um, don't mean to cut you off, but um, is this her first time in as a lead for a show? Or is she? Been, I believe so. I think it's other than like well, she's done shows stuff, like. Right? She did a show on Netflix with um, Keegan Michael Key. Oh yeah, or Peel. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, which one? And um, where they were, so they were kind of like co-stars. But I think this yeah. is the first one where she's like the actual lead. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I I think you guys might actually like this show too. So uh, might be worth the watch. It's on my radar for sure. So it's it's one I'll definitely be checking out once I finish my long list of shows. I got to catch up on. <laughs> Especially with all the new stuff coming out now. Yeah. Yep. So what have um, you been watching? Well, and of course, since I've been gone, I've also really gotten into the whole uh, British fever. So, you know, oh, I got to get my British He's shows back. on. He's back, baby. Yeah, it's like, why are you trying to make it sound like this is something new? What are you talking about? <laughs> you got into British, baby. Huh? Uh, we sure missed yeah, it. A little, a little deep there. I went I went and finally sat down to Abbey, the movie. So, oh, yeah, nice. That was, uh, that was fun. And... I'm not going to go into explaining everything about the film. Yeah, we don't um, need to. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> we know everything. Don't. I will say, basically, it's like 
a more bigger production budget of an episode of the show. Like the music is more grandiose, the settings much bigger. They the yeah, the the Downton Abbey they're inviting uh, or the the king and queen at the time is um, being invited over and they're hosting a dinner for them and there's some kind of drama from um, the house staff and of course with the family and that's pretty much you know all I can say it's just a long it's a it's a longer episode of of the show and I would have been happy if it was a Christmas special um, more than a movie because it really was like oh I'm just kind of seeing a better shot of the yeah. same thing that I usually see or you know um, this this music has more violins in it than it usually does or something you know so so, so then it didn't really work for you then. I don't know, I liked it. I just didn't know if, you know, they should have just put the money into putting it into like a Christmas special or something. I don't necessarily think they need to do another movie. I hear they are doing right. a sequel though. So I'm not I, sure how I, that's going to work yeah, out. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it did really well. So yeah, it did. So, you know, because there's a lot of uh, Downton Abbey fans out there. Um, but I would have just been fine with a new season. Damn, Nibble was like, I don't, I don't get this shit, but it's cool though. <laughs> Thanks, guys. He's like, mm, I mean, it was all right. And and I do have one more thing I want to mention. No, I'm um, sorry, we don't have time, show. bro. Cool, uh, Marco. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's sorry, Nabil. It's been too long, dude. We missed you. Like, there's, there's so many things to watch. <laughs> I know. Um, I've been watching another British show called The Great British Baking Show. Dude, it's my uh, new Marco life. actually left the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new 90 yeah, Day we're Fiance. We're two for two on the British shit now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's getting sorry. No, I've heard about this one, though, Bill. I heard it's really good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds stupid at first. It's, it's, uh, it is basically a competition for baking, but it isn't like how you see the American kind of cooking shows or the baking shows. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, there's no real prize at the end except for being the winner. Like that they're not getting very money. British. They're like they're good, not good job there, Charles. Yeah, you made a they cake. Get, uh, they gave him a bouquet and like this little cake stand of glass saying that they're the winner for that season. And that's really it. And they're uh, spending like 10 okay. grueling weeks baking these crazy things where they, they it's like a three thing. Yeah. So they have like this kind of easy bake at the beginning of something. And each week is different, like a pastry week, a bread week or something like that. And I mean, the second are, are one is like a technical though, where they give you instructions people... on how to make something. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. But are these amateurs or are they established... Bakers. They are amateur bakers, technically, um, but they, they go through, and you don't see this part of it, but there is like an audition where a lot of people have to, you know, audition to be on the show, and then the best, I think they start with like uh, 10 people, or 12 people will be in there, and uh, of that group of auditions, and then, but they are technically amateurs, nobody's a professional baker in this group. And they, they don't win anything, like not even like a grant for opening their no, own bakery? No money, no. Oh. Flowers and a cake stand, and the fact that they won that season. Well, I mean, okay. interesting. That's cool. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's it's Make very. I want to watch this show. I'm like, oh. it's, it is very you intriguing. Get you TV. get addicted to it. Um, yeah. It's I I can't explain the phenomenon that it has because I've heard other people interested in it, but yeah. um, actually watching it, I I just want to keep seeing what happens next in each season, um, and the different bakes that they make. It's it's like I said, it's my new 90 Day Fiance. I've got really gotten there's like ten seasons, and I think I've watched oh, wow. like seven of them. So I, Jesus, I okay, gotten pretty deep in it. Holy shit, okay, good stuff, man. But that's what I've been watching, guys. Well, it's good to have you back, man. Awesome, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, cool, bro. <laughs> He's like, well, that added nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't be in a bill with that as British stuff, but it works. What about you, James? What have you been watching? So what I've been watching, I've been watching a couple of things. I actually, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but I watched a lot of goddamn movies in the last two weeks. Couldn't tell, man. Couldn't tell by your posting. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched a lot. I, I mean, for Halloween, I think I, I got kind of hyped into watching some horror films, but I'm not really going to talk about any of those, I guess. Which really, it baffles me because you're not a fan <laughs> of Halloween. You've oh, seen yeah, so many horror films. Dude. It's so weird. Yeah, but, but you love the movies. Yeah, but it, I mean, I like horror films. It doesn't mean I have to like Halloween. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I went and saw the new uh, Jun Ho Bong film, Parasite, uh, Ooh, which was... I really want to see that. Um, very good, by the way, guys. Just to let you know. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, this is probably top three movies of the year for now. For me as, as well now. Um, it is... If you don't, have, if you've never seen his other films, he did like Snowpiercer and um, 
the fuck's that other one John always be yelling at? Uh, Okja. Sorry. <laughs> Okja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Okja as well. That's for you, John. Uh, so basically the story is it is about an unemployed family that basically kind of I guess swines their way into this rich lady's house basically by starting to work for her by being tutors to her kids and then like they get their dad in, their mom in. There's there's a lot more to it than that, obviously, but yeah. I don't want to spoil it. There's a pretty big twist in the film and it's um I will say that it is incredibly well acted. It has a great plot. It runs like two hours and twelve minutes, but actually the pacing's really good, like nonstop. I wanted to see what was going on and uh, there's it's kind of a dark comedy in a way too. There's some moments in it where it's really funny and it's um still has like a lot of heart to it though. There's a there's a big message about it about like uh like class systems and how it affects certain people too. It seems to be living up to the the hype of the trailer. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I took my uh, dad to actually see it, and he, uh, he hadn't even heard of it. Obviously, right. he went in blind, and he actually really liked it too. A lot. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So that was nice. Uh, I would highly recommend if it's playing near you guys to check it out because it's it is one not to miss. I definitely want to keep my eyes out for that one because I really want to see. It. I like the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about the whole thing, and um, I actually haven't seen the trailer. I just hear people talking about it on other feeds. And I would like, say if you haven't seen it, Nabil, don't even watch the trailer, because it does yeah. show you some scenes that kind of give you a heads up, but yeah. it's definitely one of those movies where if you go in blind, I think you, you'd appreciate it even more. So Right. Um, I also went back. I, I mean, I will talk about one of the horror films I saw. Um, I saw the horror film Apostle which is a Netflix movie that came out last year in 2018. Um, it's directed by Gareth Evans, who did uh, The Raid in The Raid 2. So, Oh, nice. Oh, wow. are on my list also. I have yes. a long list, obviously. Um, yeah, you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, every fucking movie's on your list, Marco. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one or not, but this one was fucking fantastic, by the way, I have to say. So it takes place in 1905. And it stars, um, what's his name, Dan Stevens, who's from the TV show Legion, and also was Beast in Beauty and the Beast, by the way. He plays a guy named Thomas, and he is basically, like I said, it's in 1905, and he's basically going to this island uh, because his sister has been kidnapped by a cult. So Interesting. He has to kind of infiltrate the cult, and the cult itself is run by three ex-prisoners, um that basically kind of like came up with uh like their rules and like hey we'll live off the land and all this shit like this um the the creepy thing about it all is that they believe in like blood sacrifice so oh very old school yeah okay piquing my interest yeah but it actually works so like michael sheen is the main uh leader of the cult he plays a guy named michael Malcolm. sheen's in it too wow. yeah michael sheen's it it's a really good movie i'm telling you good good cast i was gonna say you're on the dice with them netflix movies man it's like 50 yeah. 50 <laughs> could go either way this one was good though so basically he soon learns that they all believe in like blood sacrifice and that it helps the land and there's a much deeper darker secret going on here in the island and soon enough um basically thomas realizes that Maybe it's not just make believe in the cult. There might be some truths to what they're doing, and in a horrific kind of way, as it as a kind of how I'll say it. Sort um, of like he's kind of being indoctrinated, but not really. No, not even. It's just like he starts seeing shit, and he's like, he's he's like, that can't be real. And um, I would um, I would compare it to if you like the video game Silent Hill. I would say check it out. So that should really? give you a little heads up. It gets really dark and really creepy. It's like, whoa. Like, I can't believe this. I mean, it was on my list for the last year. But this is definitely one of those movies that um, I don't think a lot of people have talked about. And I would recommend checking it out if you're looking for a pretty good horror story. So, um, What was that called again? It is called Apostle. And that is on Netflix right now. I'll put that on my list, too. I'm gonna start watching it right now. He's like, you mm-hmm. guys just keep talking, bro. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just gonna get on this right now, guys. Uh, and lastly, just uh, not to take too much time, I'm still watching Futurama. As I've been updating you guys, so I'm about done with season four, about to start season five. That's dope. And that is actually, I think season five is the last season before they did the movies, or it is the season with the movies. 
So I, I'm, I'm, I was talking to Marco about this the other day. I'm finally to the point now where I am at the episodes that I've never watched. I definitely have never seen these ones. They're all new to me now. Because before that, I guess I had watched a lot more Futurama than I thought. James is in right. unknown space now. Yeah, basically. Nice. So, it gets very different once um, when they first ended the season. Yeah, they canceled it and they started because I, I I went down this this binge as well um, away about five six years ago mm-hmm. where they um, had stopped it and then all of a sudden these TV movies started coming out and so I'd watch each TV movie and then I think TBS decided to make those TV movies and cut them into episodes. They made it into for, the whole like, season, season, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, someone did and on Hulu right now. That's how one of the seasons. It's either five or six. It's ten seasons mm-hmm. total. So they did come back on Comedy Central eventually. Yeah, the, I mean the new episodes are great. Um, after you get that too, um, yeah. and get to the later seasons, it's um, just as good as the original stuff. Nice. And uh, one quick mention too is lastly, I have been watching also the Twilight Zone, and um, it is on CBS Access right now. It's presented by uh, Jordan Peele from um, Keen Peele, and also I mean celebrated horror director now i guess yeah get out us. yeah get <laughs> out us and uh i will say this much that the first episode was fucking terrible so was it really <laughs> yeah it's the it's a comedian episode and it's with uh that uh kumail uh nanjiani nanjiani yeah and uh don't get me wrong not a bad episode i don't know why they started with that one though i feel like that would turn a lot of people off it's just the pacing is terrible i was knocking yeah. out the whole time trying to watch it did, um, did he work in the horror genre or not so much it's creepy. Like most Twilight Zone, if you've ever seen the old ones, or yeah. I don't think a lot of them are quote unquote scary. I think a lot of them are just kind of creepy. Like oh, right. that's creepy, right. you know, in a way. Like, it's kind of supernatural like, too. Like dark mirror, uh, like Black Mirror. Sometimes I think it's yeah. more creepy than scary. Um, I agree. I will say the second episode though is much better. The terror at thirty thousand feet. So so far that one has been much better. I don't know why they didn't just start out with that one first. Tell you the truth. So. Poor planning. Yeah, I mean, there's 10 episodes, so I'm going to knock them out, though. So, shout awesome. out to Mikey. Forgive me his uh, username and password for CBS <laughs> All Access. Yeah, you can hit Mikey up in order to get his user access. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you guys want to watch those football games, just hit him up. But uh, other than that, that's all I've been watching. Sweet. What about you, Marco? I've been watching a few stuff here and there. I have also dipped into CBS All Access. Kudos to uh, my homie Steve Ng for... Sharing his password there. CBS, please don't come down on us. Like, <laughs> please. It's like, sorry you guys are charging for your <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, network. sorry, man. Canceling it. Done. Uh, I, however, have not been watching Twilight Zone. I started watching Star Trek Discovery, also known as Star Trek Disco. And Disco. <laughs> no, seriously, because, you know, you know how I don't like that. the other shows <laughs> go by acronyms? They couldn't do the acronym on this one because it's STD. So, yeah, they can do it. <laughs> yep, sorry. DS9, you can get away with that, but can't get away with STD. So, they call it, you know, Star Trek Disco. Anyway, uh, the show premiered in 2017. It's in its second season. I just finished the first. It stars Sonequa, Mar- Sonequa Martin-Green, who you all may know as Sasha from The Walking Dead. And kudos for her for leaving that shit show of the show. I don't recall this yeah. show, sir. <laughs> right? It's a race from my memory. Ago. But yeah. uh, she plays Michael Burnham. It also stars Doug Jones, Silver Surfer himself, as uh, Saru. And Jason Isaacs, also as Captain Lorca. Jason Isaacs, as you all know, has been in many, many films, including The Patriot. He was the main villain. Anyone? No? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So the show basically takes place 10 years before Kirk and Spock. And the Enterprise, and it's during the Klingon War, so the USS Discovery is pretty much experimenting with a new warp engine. It's not even warp, it's just a new form of transportation that's very experimental, and uses uh, these alien spores in order to travel from one point of the galaxy to another in an instant. Yeah, it's, it's like the only ship that can do it, um, and it works symbiotically with these spores. It's pretty weird, but they do a decent job at explaining it, all while pretty much encountering new discoveries. See what I did there? Oh, anyway, the show starts off with Michael Burnham essentially being the reason for the start of the Klingon War. 
they encounter some weird outpost that's desolate and it turns out to be a Kleon outpost where they're testing out cloak, a new cloaking device because apparently Kleons weren't allowed to use any type of cloaking tech. But uh, they are now and it leads into an altercation that nice. basically spearheads or ignites the war. And so now Michael Burnham is suffering the consequences from that and she's been stripped of her rank and on her way to uh, essentially serve her life sentence in prison she gets picked up by the USS Discovery Captain Lorca has been tasked to use this new experimental tech of instantly transporting a ship in order to win the war and he needs uh, Michael Burnham and like she seems to really understand like play on culture and how they work she's also been raised by vulcans she's actually been raised by spock's family which you is might you might you might be losing a lot of people right now <laughs> yeah i know it's it's a very complicated <laughs> right over like, here plot. Like, nabil, off, nabil muted his mic because <laughs> i know it starts off kind of like a little too like convoluted but as like the season progresses you get the gist of it and basically now the uss discovery is now tasked to figure out a way to implement their technology to win the war. Yeah. But I, what I like about it is that it meshes in a lot of the classic Star Trek with the new uh, Abrams aesthetic. Yeah. So it, it molds in basically everything from classic to J.J. Abrams' version to the Next Generation verse. And I think it does it very well at, at modernizing it and making it appeal to new audiences. It, since it is on CBS All Access, it is more adult oriented too. Like they actually yeah. curse in it. There's same know, in subtle, uh, same in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, subtle yeah. nudity. Like it, they really like pushing the game to really make it appeal to a modern audience, which I think is something the series really needed. All while still feeling like Star Trek. And like the major differences between this one and the other shows is that I, I feel like the Enterprise is always that that ship that has like good luck and. Like things happen to it, but they always seem to get get away unscathed. Ver- versus this ship, like they really suffer the consequences. Like you never know, like when someone's gonna like bite the bullet and die. Um, they don't always come out as lucky as some of the other ships. Like my brother and I were watching the show once, and we were saying that they are basically those the other ships that the Enterprise encounters that goes through some traumatic experience and messes them up. And that's what different aspect to the show that i enjoy it, it's very much still very like trekky with like the science jargon and with discovering new life forms and all that but it it basically like also speeds up the pace on it too so you're not you know falling asleep or whatever but um the first season ends with a nice twist uh, i'm not gonna give it away but it, you don't really see it coming and it definitely lives up to its expectations, so I'm really enjoying it. If you're a fan of Star Trek, I say check it out if you have access to CBS All Access. If not, then, I don't know, rent it. Check it out on Blu-ray. Aside from that, I've also been watching uh, Mayan Season 2, which is the FX original show. It's the spinoff to the other FX show, Sons of Anarchy. I know I brought the show up earlier, and I finished uh, Season 1 over a year ago. And, man, how to not spoil this show. There is uh, also a big discovery at the end of Mayan Season 1 involving the two main brothers, Easy and Angel Reyes. Their dad, played by Edward James Olmos, has a deep, dark secret that he hasn't revealed to his two sons that they discover at the end of Season 1 that also ties in to their relationship with the cartel, who they are muling drugs for. And so now they're dealing with that revelation as well as finally discovering at the end of season one who murdered their mother, which essentially led to the events of Easy Reyes being arrested and being on probation, on parole, and now having to join the Mayans because his life has completely turned around. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. I think that the show has really stepped up a bit more. The characters seem a bit more comfortable with each other. Uh, Angel and Easy Reyes, their chemistry is a little bit more established. Um, I think that the way that they bring up the drama in the show has also uh, improved. 
Now they're also dealing with a an alliance that they've made with the uh, with the FBI. I was almost going to say CIA, and in in turn they're they're sort of trying to double cross the FBI, but not really. They're not. Man, I'm trying to. Really, I don't want to spoil the show, but it's kind of <laughs> hard not to talk about the spoiling. So sorry if I spoil a little bit, but essentially they're trying to double cross the FBI because it's one of the reasons that led to a rocky relationship with the cartel because the cartel originally had a relationship with the FBI that turned out sour, and so now the head of the cartel doesn't want that to happen, and the Mayans are essentially helping them with basically tricking the FBI and that's pretty much all I can say with the show um, it's a little bit more violent than season one I want to say so they've mm-hmm. definitely uh, stepped that up a bit and um, I'm only four episodes in and I'm really liking it so nice. if you're a fan of Sons of Anar- Anarchy and you like shows about biker gangs then I say this is for you aside that's from that cool. just a quick shout out I've also been watching Watchmen on HBO I went ahead and marathoned the graphic novel which James so happily lent to me yeah, read that sucker in like a day and a half, and then I went ahead and started the TV show, and I gotta say, it's incredible. If you haven't checked it out and you're a huge fan of the franchise, uh, I say check it out. It's probably one of the best TV shows on television right now. So that's all I've been watching. Nice. Uh, that's everything. I mean, great little mix here. Uh, glad to have uh, Nabil's British shows back here as well. <laughs> uh, let's move on now, guys, to our topic of the week. So since I'm back this week, I was blessed with uh, this week's topic of the week. Um, and I figured since it's November, Halloween's over, we're starting to get into the holiday season. And so I thought we'd talk about our holiday traditions. Mainly what it is that we <laughs> tend to do this time around this year that kind of makes it feel like, you know, the holidays are here. Do we have any, you know, football seasons on? So is there football rituals, maybe some holiday movies or shows? What is it that we do? Each time uh, around this year, that really makes it feel like, oh, you know what? It's uh, it's the holiday season. Um, so let's uh, actually start with Marco this time. And uh, tell me, what kind of uh, holiday rituals do you have? Mm, none. So on to James. Okay. No, I'm just We're kidding. Okay, great, <laughs> I, uh, I don't have too many. I guess for me, mostly, it's going to be kind of weird, but it's fantasy football. And I know that starts a little bit before the holidays, but cut this cut this audio recording now. <laughs> <laughs> that that's kind of been sort of my sort of tradition in, in the last, you know, maybe five, six years. Uh get a group of friends, come together, start a league, and draft your team and watch the games because it segues all the way into the holiday season. Have some drinks, you know, while the weather's, you know, out muggy outside, you're inside watching the game or you go to some place, have a nice dinner and enjoy the games. And that's sort of something that's been a bit of a tradition for me as well. So that's one of them. Another one is not really so much as an experience, but more as like sort of like an atmospheric type thing, which is coming outside and having the smell of chimneys burning in the air. You know what I mean? Like Nothing like gross, but I'm just saying like having that scent out in the air and making it no, feel. Marco, that's that's just a fire season. There's just a smoke all around you. It's, it's not... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, if you're living in California. But that sort of. In, it's, it's in global warming, baby. <laughs> that sort of imbues the sort of spirit and essence of the holiday season for me. Um, another is not so much uh, something that I do now because, well, when I mention it, you'll understand why. But when I was a kid, they used to start the Star Wars Marathon or Star Wars Trilogy Marathon on like on TNT and USA back when I was a kid. And that would also yeah. start, you know, the holidays for me. And I remember sometimes like waking up with like my brother as kids, like on a Saturday or Sunday morning and just like watching like episodes four five and six at the time. And that's something that even like to this day, sometimes we'll still put on like a Star Wars movie in the background because it felt like the holidays to us. So those are just some of the things that I do. I know they're kind of weird and they're not as quote unquote traditional, but that's sort of what kind of feels like the holiday season for me. 
Very cool. Uh, what about you, James? You got something more interesting than what Marco had? Because you know, we wow, shots fired! <laughs> shots fired! Um, I don't know. I don't. I guess around Christmas time, I'll probably start watching like movies and shit. Obviously, Christmas movies. I always try to watch a new holiday film every year, which is kind of. I mean, not tough to do because I mean they always have new ones somehow that come out. Of course, every year, bro. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I usually watch one or two sometimes. Um, I mean, there's always like the classics like Home Alone and stuff like that. That always triggers for me, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, it's Home Alone. Always reminds me of Christmas. I, I mean, I know that ch- uh, chimney. Except fill. the third one, fuck that one. Yeah, yeah, I know the chimney fill that Marco's telling me about though. That does always make me feel yeah. like it's like holiday time, especially when all the leaves fall down too. I know that has nothing to do with movies and such, but it's you know it makes sense. Um, I don't know. I don't do too any. I I don't do anything too crazy to get into it. But it's also like, you know, the shopping and the gift. I actually like getting people gifts, as you guys know that, probably. Pretty. This is very true. You know what? I won't James lie. Is very altruistic. I'm pretty good at it, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can actually wrap stuff pretty decent, too, which is nice. I actually like wrapping things and watching stuff at the same time. It's kind of a... Uh, this is very true. It's kind of like a... Uh, He's never cut his hand once. No, I don't cut my hand. I mean, you should have seen me before I started dating Janelle. Like, my, my wrapping skills sucked. <laughs> She saw that shit once. Is like, what is this? I was like, I don't know. It's a, it's a brown like, bag. It's, it's, yeah, I'm just gonna say it's, it's just a brown bag with duct tape all over. And then I was like, maybe I should take my time. So, you know, it's one of those little things where it's like, you know what? Now it's better now. Um, Thanksgiving, I love eating. Obviously, I don't know if you guys, have, some of you guys haven't seen us, but uh, me physically, just oh, big boy. So uh, <laughs> doesn't miss a meal. <laughs> Uh, I definitely like turkey. I definitely like mashed potatoes. That shit triggers for me for Thanksgiving, obviously. Uh, Black Friday, I'll go out every Friday, you know, for those ones, just because I'm I'm a psycho. Yeah, um, although we don't, they don't do the late nights as often anymore. Like, I mean, I I'm practically shopping at five p.m. Thanksgiving. James goes right yeah. after dinner, bro. Yeah. Oh, I mean, for the last four years, my family hasn't really celebrated Thanksgiving, so I just basically go. So it's me, McDonald's, and something else, man. It's sad as fuck. <laughs> Let me get a filet fish. <laughs> yeah, basically McDonald's cheeseburgers basically trigger me for Thanksgiving. Uh, just kidding. Um, I I like watch. I mean, last year I watched a lot of holiday films with my mom. Actually, right before Christmas time, we watched like the Santa Claus again. And right like, on. Uh, remember that uh, Netflix one came out with uh, what's his name? Uh, the new Santa Claus one too. God, not. I want to say Russell Crowe. It's not Russell Crowe. Uh, Snake Plissken. Go for it. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yes. right? Oh, Kurt yeah. Russell's one was really good last year. I forgot what the name was of it was, Netflix? but that one was on Netflix, and it was quite good. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I forgot the name, but I know uh, what you're talking about. And you about. know what movie actually randomly always reminds me of the holidays, too, is Gremlins. Yeah. Because I actually think Gremlins is a Christmas movie, right? Technically. Yeah. You know which other one is? Die Hard. Die Hard is also a holiday <laughs> don't, movie. Don't tell that to Bruce Willis, though. <laughs> I know. He does not believe that at all. On the subject of food, I, get, I would have to say, like, not to interrupt or anything, but my family makes pozole also. That's definitely something that says holidays to me as well. So, sir, yeah. keep your Hispanic shit out of here. Oh, <laughs> sir. That and turkey sandwiches, because we fucking love those things. Oh, leftovers too? Leftovers? Yeah. That's okay. a big yeah. one. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Oh, I mean, I, I love Thanksgiving. I don't really celebrate. Nabil's like, oh, I don't even celebrate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> I want to know the feeling. No, Nabil likes holiday films. I no, I shit. I do. I do. And you know what? Netflix is like the new uh, holiday place. because They really do. List right now. They got a whole new slew of them. Which is crazy because it know. used to be almost like the Hallmark channel would have all this bullshit stuff. Now it's all on Netflix. Yep. And all actually, I won't lie. Hallmark still has all the shit too. And some of them are decent. I won't lie either. I mean, you know... I'm not going to say I haven't gone down a rabbit hole and watched a bunch of very sappy uh, romantic Christmas movies from Hallmark. They're very <laughs> wholesome, guys. Neville's like, lifetime movies for life, bro. That's all I know. Jesus. Same plot. But uh, anything in particular, though? i say that I've tried to start a, uh, a tradition in my family, and um, the only person that's kept up with it is myself, which is... That's cool. Um, cool. Watch. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. Uh, I, I try to watch the uh, Charlie Brown... Or the Peanuts holiday collection. Oh every fuck! Year. I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh um, Jesus Charlie Christ! Brown Thanksgiving and Charlie Brown Christmas. And I mean, they're I'm short. The they're short though, so I mean, it's not like you're. Um, but apparently nobody wants to watch them. It's it's a slog to get through for them. So you know. They're like I'm gonna thirty minutes, dude. Or something and make it work. Haters in the club, Nabil. Sorry about that, man. Jesus. 
I'm saying like they're especially my favorite one is actually the uh, great pumpkin one, mostly because Linus gives a whole story about the pumpkin. And it's also ridiculous. Pumpkin. That's why. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I want to say that's but the one I've seen the least. Very wholesome. The whole Charles the Peanuts collection is is pretty. Yeah, no, it's a good collection. I like, as you know, I'm a big Snoopy fan myself. So, well, and they've got that new uh, Snoopy goes in the space on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, it's only eight minutes long too. So if people make an excuse that they can't watch that, I, I'm sorry, Nabil. Who who goes into space? Snoopy. Oh, okay. It's Snoopy. <laughs> nice. Um. um yeah. So I mean, usually that uh, Harry Potter is something that always reminds me of Christmas. So it does too, me for yeah. Yeah, it's always like playing, during, especially like after Thanksgiving. You'll just start seeing, just like uh, you, Marco, with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I just start seeing Harry Potter all of a sudden. They'll have the marathons, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every yeah. every um every single Harry Potter, as, as Marco now knows, has a Christmas scene in it. They always celebrate Christmas yeah. sometime because it, yeah, it's, it's always true. the year. So I mean. I feel I feel like I'm in in the in group now. I'm not an outsider. Finally, yeah. this is the. When the fuck did we watch Harry Potter? Was that last year? <laughs> it was last year, right? Yeah. Jesus. God, it's been so long. many eons ago. That was a that was a good one. I enjoyed um, it actually. It's something yeah. I would definitely do again. Yeah, it's, that always has a Christmas vibe, especially when they have the snow scenes too, and they're going to Hogsmeade and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's like kind of a especially because it starts in the fall and then. That the of, of course the Christmas scenes, uh, Christmas scenes are usually in like in the middle of the film too. Yeah, so it I agree. really is like you really feel in that spirit for a second. Yeah, definitely. And you don't really feel like you get out of it, even though you know obviously it ends at the end of the semester, which is on like the spring. Yeah, I mean they actually go up into summer technically. So yeah, they kind of roll through. And the whole Christmas thing in Harry Potter is like, hey, some people leave, some people don't. And Harry doesn't have a fucking family, so he stays. He does basically. <laughs> Yeah, I'm being a hater, but I'm just saying what what we know, okay? Yeah, cool. So, I mean, we all have holiday things. We all watch different things. We like food. Marco's just obsessed with fantasy football. Absolutely. I got to win, even though, well, let's just check my score. I'm losing. Never mind. And then Bill watches a cartoon by himself. So, you know. Just me. Just like Charlie Brown. (laughs) Just like Charlie Brown. Exactly. So, with that being said, guys, let's get into our review now of Terminator Dark Fate. Talk. Talk fast. Who first? My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. I know you're scared, but I'm here to protect you. never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. I can see you're very upset. All right, so guys, the IMDb description here is Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid terminator from the future. This is directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool in 2016. This stars Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, Honor Schwarzenegger as the T-800, Mackenzie Davis as Grace, Natalia Reyes as Danny Ramos, and Marco Berrios as Rev-9. I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. It's Gabriel Luna. <laughs> My bad. I'm going to terminate you, man. He's like, it's okay, man. We're making tamales tomorrow. Um, so, quick thing here, guys. You guys were supposed to watch um, Terminate, the, the Terminator from 1984 and the Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 1991. Ooh, can we put this on pause? Well, I, gotta I, mean, go, I gotta go do I always that have to, I always gotta ask this, because uh, uh, Nabil burned us in the fucking Men in Black movie, so it's fine. <laughs> Just making sure everyone saw him, right? Right, Nabil? No, I did not rewatch him. You didn't rewatch for real? <laughs> No, you no, didn't. I only saw segments of it. 
You want to sell salmon? God damn it, Bill. You got one yeah. fucking job, homie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean. You saw, I, I, saw, I saw Genesis. I mean, <laughs> close yeah, enough, yeah, man. I, really, I actually forgot that I watched Genesis. I was talking to James about that. He's like, shit, man. I mean, I guess, Marco, then, what's your thoughts on revisiting Terminator and Terminator 2? <laughs> Great experience. I've always been a fan of those two movies. Yeah. The first one, it's still a great movie. Uh, I mean, James Cameron always impresses with his movies. Yeah. Uh, I like just how menacing Arnold Schwarzenegger is in that, basically all his scenes. I'm not going to say in that movie. He's very but, scary in the first one, I'll say. Oh, yeah, dude. He's he's just unstoppable, which is freaking yeah. nuts. The special effects, I mean, obviously they don't hold up too much, but for the time, they were great. That, that puppet head, bro. <laughs> When he's removing the eye. I was like, damn. But I mean, it's from 84, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. But I I like, uh, I like the whole, you know, story of it. You know, the the apocalypse is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, The whole uh, mixture of the flashbacks with the current scenes. I like how Cameron kind of mixes those together. Where at one minute, Kyle Reese is just, you know, sleeping. The next minute, he's having like a flashback scene. It kind of like the way he does his exposition, it works in the movie and, mm-hmm. and helps the plot feel more real and grounded. I'll say this much too. Uh, Terminator 1 is probably the one I've seen the least amount between the two. Yeah. Uh, I watched Terminator 2 first when I was a kid before I watched Terminator. And I got to say, uh, at first, I think when I was smaller, like the Terminator 1 was a little slower paced to me. Yeah. Obviously, because just the pacing of it overall. But I think. With Lower repeat, budget too. Yeah, repeat viewings of it now though. I've seen it probably four or five times. I've actually I find a lot of the movie I like a lot too. Yeah. So, especially scenes where like the action sequences or like the chase out of the police station, I think is incredibly well done too. Yeah. That whole so, police scene still holds up. I yeah. love it. Uh Sarah Connor, the character, it's it's good to see I think that was Linda Hamilton's first movie too. Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- I think I don't. I'm not quite sure on that, but I know but it's it, one of it's, her earlier ones. It's good to see Sarah Connor grow from just regular person to at the end. She's really fighting for her life and mm-hmm. ends up, you know, coming out on top. And it makes her a stronger person in the end. I, I I like that too. I mean, it sucks Kyle Reese had to bite the bullet, but yeah, still like the, the movie holds up. It's it's a classic. Terminator Two. I gotta say, hands down, is probably my favorite action movie of all time. It it brings back. I have so many memories of seeing that movie in theaters when I was a kid and just coming out just like mind completely blown and just mesmerized by how epic that movie is. Yeah, and definitely. like it's it's very like close and dear to my heart. It's one of the movies I remember most seeing with my dad and my nice. brother. So like it'll always have that special place in my heart for me. And it's like revisiting that movie I saw the the director's cut by the way, which like it sucks that we never got to see those extended scenes in the movie theater. Yeah. But um, still, man, that movie is just absolutely fantastic. The way, again, James Cameron, the way he just, you know, pushes things to the next level. He takes everything for that first one and just amps it up. I think it's got a good character development for Sarah Connor, too. How he uh, takes everything he did with the Abyss and uses it to incorporate the T-1000 with the whole liquid metal aspect of it. And the CG effects are still great, still hold up to Mm -hmm. a point. But I mean, like those graphics are what pushed technology in like cinema. Like it's what helped make you know all those action movies that use CGI in the '90s. You know, oh yeah, definitely. come to fruition. But man, uh, the, the I mean, the story is great. Uh, I like the you know the the change in Sarah Connor, how she's like completely seasoned. Uh, even John Connor as yeah. a kid, you know, me and kids and movies, man, I can't stand him. But it, it was actually still like. <laughs> Every time I see see this movie, it's still awesome to see Edward Furlong playing young John Connor and being a you know a dick at the beginning yeah. and growing into like essentially the leader he's going to be for the resistance. And yeah. obviously that ending scene, man, gets me every time. Uh, I'll say I think Linda Hamilton overacts a bit too much in that movie, though. I will say that much. I think she's a little yeah. overblown. But yeah, but it works for me because she is like if you look at the two movies, like she's the Kyle Reese. She is Kyle Reese. Kyle bro. Reese is totally fine in the first movie. <laughs> Dude, not when he starts talking about the fucking Terminator shit. Well, so. he's sweating the entire film. I can barely understand what he's saying. Like, when he's like, It can't be stopped. Yeah. It'll never sleep. It'll always try to kill you. Or whatever yeah. he says. I mean, yeah. I'll take that for eighty four, but by number ninety one, I'm like, now she's turned into him now. Basically, you've had seven years. Yeah. So, um, let's get into what we thought of the movie, though. Overall, though, let's start with you, Nabil. Uh, for uh, Dark Fate, what did you think? Yay or nay? 
I, I'd say pleasantly, yay. I was surprised at uh, how much I liked it. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Nice. Um, anything in particular that stood out to you uh, right off the bat of about it that, that you didn't think was going to be good from the sound of it? Well, the um, I, I wasn't. I was expecting the whole kind of uh, new character, you know, Mackenzie Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure what she was from the trailers, and so I was expecting it to kind of be like almost a rehash of Terminator Three. Yeah. But um, I actually kind of liked what she was doing and and um, how her character in this film, and then Danny Ramos as well, or Annette. Natalia Reyes, uh, who plays Danny Ramos. Yeah. She was actually really good as well and um, wasn't just kind of like a damsel in distress story for her. So um, that really, I think, helped make a change uh, of direction for the film that I was expecting. to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think, uh, Marco? I got to say it's a soft yay for me. Yeah. I The movie was a bit better than I expected. I remember turning to you and our buddy Mikey, who we saw it with, and saying, you know, I really enjoyed it. There were aspects of the I mean, the you're movie. in the movie, so... I know, I mean, I'm a million, man. They got fresh, fresh dickies, man. So, um, I mean, I like how... I like the direction they were trying to go in. Yeah. There were certain aspects of it that... I, I agree with Nabil where he said that uh, Danny Ramos wasn't, you know, just a damsel in distress. She was actually, you yeah. know, held her own and stuff like that. It was pretty much like a blend of of Terminator 1 and, and 2 in, into 1 for her character, which I kind of liked. I thought that was kind of different. Uh, Grace was pretty cool as an enhanced human. Obviously, that's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling it. But uh, I I like Mackenzie Davis's performance. I think it was great. When she was on screen, Like it was pretty awesome. I liked her from Blade Runner 2049, so it's nice to see her in other stuff. Linda Hamilton coming back as Sarah Connor is one thing I've been waiting for for a very long time. Um, especially if you're a huge Terminator fan, then it's something that you waited damn near 28 years for. So uh, I liked her in the movie. Uh, she was a little less intense than she was in 2. Yeah. But it still works. She's also much older than 2. So. <laughs> yeah. She can't G- move as quick, guys. Gabriel yeah. Luna, he was menacing at times, but I felt like it could have been a little bit better. Like, it's not to the level I expected it to be. Yeah. And that's something that was even reminiscent in the trailer. Also, there was something that they do that I'll mention in spoilers in order to go the new direction that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, I see what the movie was trying to do, but I think it could have been done a different way. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But yeah, you know, it's a soft nay. You can, you don't. Soft nay or yay? Soft nay. Soft nay, okay. I mean, um, soft yay. Sorry. Oh, I was like, oh, I thought you liked it a little bit. No, soft soft yay. Like, it's not something you need to go out and watch in theaters right now. So, yeah. What about you, James? I mean, if you want to see a sequel, go ahead, guys, because this is not getting one. Yeah. Um, No. um, I mean, it's a soft yay as well for me. I wasn't too thrilled by the the trailers, obviously. I think the first trailer was fucking atrocious. Bad. I don't know why they would choose such a somber song with everything going on. And um, I mean, I will say, I, I, I mean, Linda Hamilton is okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not the biggest Linda Hamilton fan. I guess, obviously, I thought the movie picks up a lot as soon as Arnold shows up. Finally, from that point forward, I was like, I like the movie. Up until then, it's, it's a lot of just like, okay, I get what's kind of going on, and they still don't quite. Under, I mean, you kind of understand why they Grace is trying to save Danny. I mean, it's yeah. the same plot for every, all five fucking films at this point. I mean, so, do they pick and choose time. things from the sequels that don't exist anymore? Yeah. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> I mean, Natalia Reyes, she was okay. I didn't think she was anything outstanding. I thought Mackenzie Davis was really good, though. It was Grace. That surprised me because she looked like absolute shit in the trailers. So. Yeah. She was the one that really impressed in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, her, I liked Arnold, obviously, just because Arnold's fucking awesome. Uh, Gabriel Luna, as much as I said, I liked him in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Ghost Rider. He's just kind of miscast in this movie, man. He just, I, I get that he's supposed to be kind of like the upgraded version of the T-1000 times two, I guess. It's see. just hard to look menacing in a pair of khakis. Yeah, but I, I mean, I get it. And he's only <laughs> in khakis for that one scene, really, because then he, after that, he's basically military garb the entire time. Yeah. But I still didn't, I never felt intimidated by him or scared of him like the other Terminators in the movies. Like, if I were to run into those other guys, I'd probably be horrified in real life. Gabriel Luna, I'd be like, mm, I, I might be able to take him, you yeah. know? 
I agree. <laughs> so it's like, uh, maybe. I will say the action was really good, though. It's very intense. Uh, that is something that did surprise me was how well some of this was well done. Uh, I think some of the CG looks like absolute shit in this movie, though. Some of it's bad. I thought they would have cleaned that up from the fucking trailers, but I was like, a little bit, yeah. And for the most part, uh, a lot of the dialogue was cringeworthy. Yeah, arguably the worst dialogue I've heard in a while. And um, I don't know, man. This is (laughs) (laughs) it's. I mean, it's it's true. Linda Hamilton looked like she hadn't acted in twenty years, so she was just like, "I'm reading this shit. I don't give a fuck." She didn't do too bad, man. I I enjoyed her. I think what. Where are you? Who are you? I mean, she's. I mean, she's hardened. She's seasoned. So I mean, it makes sense. She's. She's just that. You know, curmudgeon-y, Like I thought she was a Terminator at one point, bro. It's like maybe she's the Terminator. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a reason she's like that, and we'll mention in spoilers. But I guess the the whole thing is like one thing that Cameron incorporated in the first two movies is that it's got that kind of horror uh, element to it, horror thriller element to it. And I feel like this movie. Almost went there, but it didn't no, stop. It's itself. just action. It's and that's one of the things that's what made the first two like that yeah. much better. You know what I mean? So I, I wish. I mean, there are like two parts where there's like a funny moment. I was like, man, I wish they can kind of did a little bit more of that uh, in this one, but they didn't do it. So I was like, fuck. Yeah, I like when they had a little bit more to it. But um, let's jump into the spoiler section, then, guys. Unless you have anything else to say, Nabil. No, or Mark. <laughs> we can jump right in. I feel like it'd be best to just jump into what this movie's about. So, uh, if you want to see Terminator Dark Fate and don't want to get it spoiled, just skip ahead and uh, listen for the uh, our outro, pretty yeah. much. So, so in the meantime, stop listening to us. Okay, so back here in the spoiler section, here, guys. Uh, just quickly here. Uh, so we have that little cameo with Edward Furlong reprising his role f- from um, Terminator 2 as John Connor. Um, I just want to comment first on th- that scene, since that's kind of the prologue to everything in the movie. Um, some of the worst de-aging or CG I've ever seen in my life. Just heads <laughs> oh, up. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Especially after seeing the Disney movies now, what we can do, and even like... Uh, Quentin Tarantino doing shit and Martin Scorsese doing stuff it. now. I'm like, man, yeah, guys, you should have. I mean, maybe don't do that then. I want to look like a C. Like, it's like, is that a PlayStation Three game, bro? What the fuck is this? Apparently, the, beard. I can't. I was trying to remember. He kind of did. He had a little. Cl- yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, this is '90s. Like Arnold. Like this is fucking. Yeah. True. I think they gave him that predator look, man. A little bit, yeah. right? With like, the sunglasses the too. And yeah. then uh, Edward Furlong, I'm like, yo, they brought him back to make him a kid again. How fucked up would that be if you don't like? <laughs> I mean, it was it was okay. It didn't. It wasn't. As soon that as they bad. moved around, is when it was like, oh, this is bad. But that's Damn. that's that's the scene I had an issue with. It's like, okay, it's cool to see a Terminator actually complete its mission and fucking kill John Connor. And what would happen? Because they've already changed the future. So yeah. it's like, well, shit. But at the same time, I'm like, fuck, man, really. Like yeah. they could have, like I get it that you know Danny is supposed to be like the new leadership and everything, yeah. and I'm all for that. Couldn't John have just been one of her protectors along with Sarah, and they take the place of the Terminator and say, no, "Hey, we've both been in your place." Destiny would make John the leader still in a, in overall, right. and not really because you know. then you know the burden would be off his hands, and it'd be like hang. It would be like her responsibility to bear now and stuff because they've altered so much of the future. And it would still make sense. I don't know. Nah, I just, but I think the whole thing is he's been bred as like a, a leader from the get go, so he would never yeah. like sway from that path. True. His mom's been, I mean, been feeding him that bullshit for since. <laughs> what, what, what about yeah. you, Nabil? How what did you think about that scene? I, I was telling James early on that I thought there was a different kind of twist in the film. Um, <laughs> I told the guys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, he's uh, like Arnold's the scientist. I was like, you fool. As soon as I, as soon as that scene happened, I realized what was going to happen. I was like, nope, that is not the twist anymore. I thought it was smart in one aspect. Because you know what? It, you see him walk off, and it kind of leaves it like, did he die? Or what happened to the Terminator? He walked into the ocean All forever? Right. What the twist. Exactly. Like, it's just, they obviously, there would be more than one Terminator sent at various time intervals to try to kill him. Which so makes, sense. makes sense. Which makes sense, right? So, one completed the mission, and she just had to suffer uh, the whole time. Yeah. I think... I mean, I think it was a smart scene. Um, 
I don't know if that was the best way if they wanted to try to grow the franchise on giving it more staying power, except I think they were definitely trying to go with the new 2019 era and, you know, making things a bit more diverse. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, you can definitely do female oriented. I mean, James Cameron always has strong female people in his cast, yeah, though, regardless. But I mean, they definitely took it away from the whole like, oh, you, it's a man that's going to save the the future of mankind and is is mm. they're only using saving you because of your womb they want you for your baby right yeah and then they twist yeah. it like no we're doing it because danny you can, are the leader danny's a five foot two hispanic lady that can save everybody i guess or something although in the future she doesn't look any different but she's got braids so whoa 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 they're cornrows motherfucker how did you get so this leading into that then i mean the biggest twist then is that the terminator who has renamed himself carl by the way i I like that um has become a drape salesman and (laughs) raised had a family in the last 20 years pretty much 28 years basically Um, what did you guys think about that overall like he he becomes like he realizes like now that he has no mission he's like that was kind of fucked up for killing that kid i I think he's gonna find purpose yeah, I kind of liked it. It it kind of g- goes off that idea from Terminator Two, where yeah. a, given the opportunity, the, a Terminator can learn and uh-huh. it essentially like see what it is to become more human. Mm-hmm. It it basically it it's what, in a way, it's a it's a kind of like a lightened version of what we want to see the Terminator in Terminator Two become, and yeah. it shows like what that would have looked like. Yeah, and it's sad that he happened to be the one that killed John Connor. And the irony is, well, he lives out to be the pacifist, the Terminator in the end. So, I mean, it, it worked because it shows that you know there is some common ground that they could essentially reach in the future, mm-hmm. and maybe you know it opens up different you know options for you know the future. Maybe it doesn't have to be a dark fate. It's not gonna happen though. <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen. But it tanked. <laughs> it uh, what do you What did you think about Carl? Uh, Nibu. Um, I mean, like I said, it was it was an interesting take that they made on it. Um, it it was kind of it led led up to some good funny scenes, honestly. Oh, I love the scene where like, he's like, they wanted to do solid colors in that kids thing. He's like, I told him, are you crazy? <laughs> butterflies is what he. Yeah, means. he's like butterflies yeah. or polka dots. Come on. So I mean, that was cool. I thought that was a uh, definitely comic relief, but. You know that's on like the last twenty minutes of the film, so it's all lead up to that to that ending. Um, I don't know. It's it's not the same Terminator either. So I know you're supposed to feel like you know empathetic towards him almost because of the memories from the second film. Yeah. But also they don't really you don't earn it's not earned in the film. And Sarah Ham uh, Linda Hamilton, uh, you know uh, Sarah Connor, is. Um, making sure that you don't feel any any um kind of empathy towards him either because he killed her son in a way so, but i mean he's still yeah. he still has the quips and shit so i mean he's practically yeah. the same guy it, for the second but movie. it kind of it I mean, makes it easier to yeah. not feel sorry for him and to be like i still feel bad for him man to he was see sarah connor too. yeah but it's like man he took her son away bro see i just don't give a fuck about sarah connor that's why i'm like mm, i'm here to watch i'm here to watch arnold god damn it no man it's called the terminator it's called the terminator yeah <laughs> no, not me. I fucking love Sarah Connor. And when she tried to kill Miles Dyson, I wanted her to freaking just hit her target. I'm just kidding. But um <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. But uh but She's yeah, like, like you missed. I I, uh, I agree with you there in a bill. But you know, I will say that one one of the saving graces for me from the film was was ironically Grace. Uh, Mackenzie Davis. I, I yeah. thought her action scenes were really good. I was surprised at how well those fights went when she was going with Gabriel Luna because um it wasn't just like where you kind of see at the mm-hmm. end where it's uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Luna fighting against each other, um, where it's machine versus machine, and it's it's kind of how it almost went down in T2 to, to a certain extent. Yeah. But when you see uh, Grace going against uh, the Rev-9, it's it's just um it's a different kind of fight. It's a it's, it's a bit more, would you, it's a bit more fluid, I'd say, and a little more yeah. um, acrobatic in a way. Yeah, like yeah. she's very nimble compared to Arnold's kind of brutalness i would i would kind of break yeah. it down as yeah i think that made the scenes more exciting for me watching those every time she was in there and they were fighting and something's happening whether it be the car chase at the beginning or and mm-hmm. a lot, by the way a lot of callbacks to like t2 and t1 and some of those scenes where like in t2 where he has the truck and they're going down that kind of uh, causeway and then he's being chasing them through the um 
freeway on that again of the same kind of setup mm-hmm. um, very true where you know they first meet and he's going to shoot um a danny and um i don't know how neville recalls this if you didn't watch a goddamn movie i'm film. just I've kidding I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and then know, uh arnold he's in the other two as well did you know that <laughs> I I, I agree with you there, Nabil. The only thing I had an issue with is again, like the menacing aspect. Like it's not menacing, dude. Yeah, like the yeah, thing yeah. is like what they what what this movie tried to do with the menacing part is like let's speed it up. But it's like that's not always what makes something like more terrifying or anything. I could I you, think they could have done more with his like abilities too. Exactly. Like, like take for instance okay. the, the like the the T one thousand, like you know, obviously it was a faster, sleeker model, but what what made Robert Patrick stand out is how like he took his time with his target because it was like it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be able to catch up with them. I'm going to be able to get to my target. But I, I don't uh, maybe, need to, you know, speed up this scene or but anything. But maybe that's more just because like he's he was a result of Skynet, right? So maybe that just shows you that the the, the new technologies are a different kind of kind of thing, you know. Or maybe it just shows that uh, James Cameron just knows how to put tension in his movie. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, James Cameron <laughs> yeah. wrote part of this, so yeah, you know, he didn't writing and also the. Uh, I can tell the parts he wrote, so good ones. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, I mean, I just I wish they would have had a little bit more of that. Yeah. That that's that's all. It's it's just you know that would have worked for me. So maybe this works for I mean, you know, others. I do agree about the abilities thing because when when they first show like Red Nine being able, to, he's because like you said, James, he's kind of a hybrid between like a T800 T1 and like a normal Terminator, yeah. Right, he's got so he's got his uh, exoskeleton, he's got the kind of liquid metal thing. Mm-hmm. So it's to me, they didn't really explain it very well. And if you were somebody, not who at all, yeah, seen it a long time or something like that, like it's very weird. Like killing one, does it really kill the other, or do you have to just kill the exoskeleton? Apparently not. Both? Yeah, like, yeah. In the end, it kind of kind of explains that all, but um, not really. So that I th- I do agree that it didn't really expand it and didn't really show full use of what that ability was. It's almost like they're symbiotic, like they can live both together and apart. Yeah, which is right. weird. Yeah, so which is like oh, okay, I guess so. Um, so just some closing thoughts on it, guys. Just overall, like, did, would you guys want to see a sequel to this? Do, would you still recommend people to check it out, or do you think we're kind of done with Terminator films? Well, I think um, for me, I mean, the best part of the films are gone. Like. Again, we're in the spoiler section, so Grace is dead. Schwarzenegger's, again, dead. So unless they find another yeah. one. I wasn't really too into Sarah Connor. Um, like, no. like James, she kind of um, wasn't much of a character for me anymore. Um, it's kind of cool to see Danny Ramos, but where, where's your story going to go? We're going to see her in the future? I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, I'm okay with what we're hanging here, to be honest. Uh, what about you, Marco? You don't have to. It's a renter. I don't think anybody best. even was asking for this, right? No, no one asked for this. Absolutely yeah. no one. And... Look, even though we're giving it like a nay, I mean a yay. I keep saying yay. I think Marco just wants the nay, guys. <laughs> no, I mean I, I still enjoyed it, and I think it's mainly like the nostalgic aspect of it, and it really does tug at mm-hmm. your nostalgia in this movie. I, like I said, I like the first two movies. This movie references a lot of like both of them, so I think that has to do something with it. So if you're a huge, huge fan of the franchise, yeah, you know, go you know, spend your dollars and go see this or watch a matinee, but you know, at best rent it. Yeah. Plus the, uh, I mean, like, take my core. I was like, this is Terminator three. <laughs> that, that's that's another like, thing. Is, they recycled a lot of ideas this right now, but I mean, they've, they've been going for like decades at this point. So obviously they're running out of ideas. I don't think this is a necessary sequel. I will say that arguably this is probably the third best ish kind of one. I, I still, I truthfully don't have a problem with Terminator three at all, but um, for the most part, I think it's a rent for most people. Maybe it'll do better in home home viewing, but um, it as you guys can tell that it bombed in the box office again here. I don't think anybody's really clamoring for another Terminator film. They should probably kind of put it at rest at this point. I mean, there are a hundred million dollars in the deficit, so this is probably <laughs> yeah, the end. Yeah. All right, guys. So with that, that is the end of our podcast number sixty here. Uh, we want to let you guys know, thank you for, once again for listening. Uh, all the feedback, responsive reviews. Uh, Marco, can you let them know how they can reach us? You can check us out on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you want to subscribe to us, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or Spotify. And tune in next time, guys, for episode 61, where we're going to be going over the new, I guess, historical drama in a way. 
Ford versus Ferrari. So until then, this is James and Marco and Nabil. And have a good one.